Hi, and welcome to back to another episode of Maiden Voyage. There are many styles of marketing, and today we're going to be talking about a few that can sometimes feel scandalous. Network marketing, maybe an MLM or affiliate marketing. And if you don't know what those words are, you probably recognize it as a Tupperware Facebook party you've been invited to, or even a Kardashian selling you some slim bandages. Women face unique challenges, from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady-hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self-improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. So let's just dive right in, ladies. I'm really excited to talk about these different styles of marketing, like I said, MLM, affiliate, network marketing. I think before we get too deep into the episode though, let's start by defining what these three different points of marketing strategies are so that we can just kind of educate the listeners a little bit. Um, so I guess I'll start with network marketing, which is, and it can be called referral marketing, it can be called MLM, which is multi-level marketing, People might also say it's a pyramid scheme, uh, which I think is why it feels a bit scandalous sometimes. But really, it's about selling a product or a service to a group of people. So I think Tupperware was a great example. We've all been invited to Tupperware parties, whether it's in someone's house or it's on Facebook, where a human is pitching products and services to you that you are purchasing directly from Tupperware or directly from the individual. Um, and that's a multi-level marketing organization where there's, it, it really is in the shape of a pyramid. I hate the word scheme next to it because quite honestly, every business out there is a pyramid, right? The CEO gets paid more than the worker bee. So isn't every organization a bit of a pyramid? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally, um, I hear you on the, I guess like scandalous factor, Jackie, and it's, um, it's a little bit of a weird, uh, fine line. And I guess it just determines, it just comes down to, you know, is everyone involved benefiting? And that's how like it creates a difference, right? Like, you know, beauty products, like usually everybody's benefiting, you know, the seller is uh, getting the commission from the sale and then, um, you know, whoever's buying it is enjoying the beauty products, right? So um, there's a lot of different uh, ways that it can be misconstrued. And ultimately, there are so many different kinds of multi-level marketing um, companies out there with different products and services to offer. So, um, like, you know, there's the, there's the beauty products, there's the oils, there's, um, like, workout uh, platforms like Beachbody On Demand, um, all different kinds. Um, and it's not, not super in my realm of knowledge. And I know you definitely have a bit more of an, you know, understanding on, like, some of these things. But like in particular, like here's where a lot of these happen over social media. And this is where I'm going to like create the bridge to like influencer marketing. Influencer yeah. marketing hangs around social media. And I don't know if um, there's always like a distinct like definition of what influencer marketing can actually mean. So I'm going to tie it to like our, our everyday like professional world and what it can mean. So you know, we are a digital marketing agency and so much more. And so, you know, as like Impulse Creative can be an influencer in the digital marketing space as we provide like blogs, videos, um, training on different expertise 
that can ultimately like influencer marketing is ultimately going to um, sway someone's um, buying like buying decision. And that's kind of like the point. Um, so someone that um, I guess like in social media in particular, like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, Kardashian flat tummy tees, like that's something that I, I always like find super amusing but it's so true. And that also like creates the, uh, the bridge between like um, influencer and affiliate marketing. So sometimes like celebrities will just endorse a product have not, like they're not like using a code or like, they're not trying to per like convince you to purchase it. They're just like, I use my code for the fat fit fun box, which they all do. Like every bachelorette on any season ever is offering you a code for their fat fit fun box. Right, right. And so like influencers just kind of like they put they put products out there like I use this. This isn't an ad. I'm not getting any, you know, kickback from this. And whenever they say that, it's actually true. You have to like distinctly say if you are like an affiliate of a product or service. And I also right. think that that's super interesting um because sometimes influencers just get free product for talking about the product. Um they're right. not they're just they're boasting their expertise. Like, and especially if they have they're their using, or they're using their place in society, right? Like Kim Kardashian is using her place in society to the people who at least think that she's amazing that like, oh, if she's using this waist cincher, which she talked about one time, which I'm like, yeah. driving crazy. if she's using that, then I want to look like her. So like, they, they, I think it's the clout that they have within their group that yeah. makes influencer marketing successful. Whereas I, I use as in our, as you all know, we prep for these in our prep meeting, I was sharing with the ladies that I followed this woman on Facebook who just talks about deals, like a deal, mostly like in the family and children's zone, but like these cookies are on sale. These shoes are on sale. School products are on sale. And it says directly in the post, this is an affiliate link. So she, like Carissa was saying, is loud and proud about I'm getting paid for this y'all because you're clicking on this link. And she Whereas if an influencer isn't going to be like, they're not getting paid to talk about the product, probably. Is that, a, is that a rule? Is that standard? Or is that like, maybe they are getting paid to endorse it. They just don't have a link. Like, I don't know what those rules are. Right. So um, like influencers in general are just like using their platform, using their voice. Like they can be getting paid, but that's like... An influencer is just a type of person that is involved in affiliate marketing. Um, and they're just, they're using their expertise and they're using their audience to like provide persuasion. Right. Um, and I like, I, I, I don't know how to exactly like segue into like the conversation about affiliate marketing, but like affiliate marketing is kind of like this blanket word that's still like everything we've talked about so far still falls under that umbrella. Right. Yeah. Um, and there are so many different types of affiliate marketing and like some of the types that I'm more familiar with is like, um, you know, doing like features on, uh, blogs, like popular blogs that type, you know, uh, target a specific audience and like you have a product or service that can serve that audience. So it's creating a partnership with somebody that has the audience that you want to reach that you can't quite reach yourself. And so like some of those like amazing techniques, one of my favorites being like content syndication. And Jen, I feel like you could speak a lot to this as far as like what type of content is useful for which audiences and when and when you shouldn't. 
you know, promote content to a specific audience. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's super interesting and it has to be, it has to be a strategic partnership. You have to know the audience that you can't just like, you know, put a lipstick that you're trying to sell out there to a bunch of digital marketers. It's not going to do anything for you. Right, 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 for sure. And so that's an interesting point. And like, I'd like to lean into that for one second about syndicated, you called syndicated marketing, I think you said, like content syndication. Okay, so like that could be a great strategy for a lot of businesses. Yes. And I feel like when you hear MLM, affiliate marketing, influencer marketing, although you did say like, impulse could be an in, in a marketing um, influencer in marketing by promoting the right content to help people make decisions to buy from us to utilize our services which is great but i would not necessarily think traditional organizations when i think influencer marketing i think like dudes on social media chicks on social media selling talking about stuff to their audience like to me, that's influencer marketing. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I think there are a couple of ways you have to slice this up and start to look at it, right? You can be an influencer in a lot of different ways. So like HubSpot's an influencer. Mm-hmm. HubSpot is a business. It's made up of many people. A lot of those people are also influencers in their own right, in their own businesses or within HubSpot itself. Um, and oh. we have, you know, a similar structure here at Impulse Creative, right? We have influence as an organization. And then we have individuals who also have influence. Um, and then we also have things like, um, so does anyone else in this call read the strategist? No, I'm familiar. I don't read it. Yeah. So the strategist is a New York magazine column website, whatever you want to call it section. Um, that is effectively an organizational example of affiliate marketing. BuzzFeed does the same thing uh, when you see like a roundup post of products from Amazon, for example, and there's a disclosure there that says BuzzFeed may receive a portion of the proceeds when you click these links, blah, blah, blah. Right. So there are definitely ways that organizations do affiliate and influencer marketing, but there's a little bit of a difference between the two, right? Like influencer marketing can come in from the standpoint of simply Uh, There's a blurry line, I think, between public relations and influencer marketing, especially when products are involved. So influencer marketing can also be just straight sending out PR and hoping people talk about it. Um, And they say, well, I'm not getting paid to talk about this. I just really love this. Also, maybe I received this for free. That's kind of one one road to go down. Um, And sometimes people prefer that influencers disclose that right? So that they say, hey, I received this for free. I really do like it anyway, but I want you to know I didn't pay for it. And that can be important when it's a really high-end product. Like if you got a pair of free $300 shoes and you really like them, that's terrific. Now you're going to go tell a thousand people to buy $300 shoes or 10,000 people to buy $300 shoes. Even if you're not getting paid, you still got at least this $300 piece, right? And you're not just getting those shoes one time. Um, Then there's the avenue of affiliate marketing. And a lot of companies do affiliate marketing without influencer marketing as a component, right? Like I subscribe to Sunbasket. It's a meal delivery kit. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I recommend it to so many people. And I have a referral code. I have an affiliate code. I can share that on social media to the 50 people who follow me and they could get the $40 off. But if I'm Kim Kardashian, 
I didn't think of that as affiliate marketing. I'm an affiliate marketer for Wink. Yeah, that's affiliate marketing. That's affiliate marketing, right? So you don't need to be an influencer to be an affiliate. What can happen sometimes on social media is people like me who really love Sunbasket start and we like share our code and things like that because it's a great way to get a referral to someone. People are like, wow, like your dinners always look so tasty. Well, like, what are you doing? Say, oh, well, I'm, I'm using Sunbasket. I'm actually not using my brain. If you want to try it, let me know. I'll get you $40 off right? Easy. Then all of a sudden I start maybe getting this following of people who are interested in my super yummy dinners or food that I cook and I'm growing and maybe I'm becoming like a micro influencer. Maybe I have a few thousand subscribers, maybe I have 10,000 fans or followers somewhere. And then those 10,000 people are suddenly using my affiliate code. So maybe I'm getting 50 people to use my $40 off code a month. And all of a sudden I'm banking all of these free meals from this company, right? I have... 50 times $40 off every month. Um, all of a sudden that's starting to shift into like this, a little bit of an income stream, right? I'm not actually making income, but I'm getting a lot of free products there. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then if I'm a bigger influencer, right. If I'm Kim K or if I'm even, um, someone who's not that big, maybe some basket says like, Hey, you've been really active in this affiliate program. Um, would you do a sponsored post? And that's kind of where this like influencer marketing piece crosses over. So you could really see this in the B2B space too. If you were seeing like um, a, a thought leader, that's what we like to call them in B2B, right? Thought leaders. Um, if you see a thought leader um, promoting a course or a webinar or something like that, that is paid, that's an avenue for influencer marketer. That's really marketing that's similar to me saying, hey, I love, I love HelloFresh. You should try it. Here's a code use code Julie at checkout. Um, one of the pitfalls here that people always ask is, well, do they really like it or do they just like it because when they like it, other people do it and then they get stuff for free. Would you still promote this if you weren't getting a kickback? Um, so that's the fine line that influencer and affiliate and referral and all those things make you walk and that you have to be really conscious of as a business. And that's why sometimes it feels to, to those of us who grew up in inbound, a little bit sticky. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I actually like another example of like how a sun basket, for example, could appear um, in like an affiliate marketing approach. If there is this influencer that is um, huge into like, a, like basically like a, a chef, like influencer, right? They have all these followers. They do a blog about the 10 best grocery delivery, like, you know, meal kit services and Sunbasket is on one of those. If so, and like, there's going to be an affiliate link from that blog that goes back to Sunbasket's website for, you know, consumers to purchase that product. And because of that web traffic, like most likely, you know, that person who created this blog roundup is probably going to get some sort of kickback from Sunbasket because they attributed to traffic that led to a sale. Like that's my favorite form of affiliate marketing. And that's like my jam. And like, we're, right. What I did, we should say as a disclaimer, we're using Sunbasket as an example here. We are not yes. saying that this is something that we know Sunbasket to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But for the purposes of our lives, this is one example that we're using. We could also be saying like meal delivery service A, um, but you will see different meal delivery services, especially using some of these tactics. Right. Yeah. I think there are, are a lot of organizations utilizing that specific tactic though. Like like we said, like makeup companies and like those 
the fat bug boxes of the world, like anything that is on a, like a subscription basis. Mm-hmm. I see, I feel like I see a lot of that right now. Yeah, and, you see it in SaaS too. Yeah. And like business so, software. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Softwares. Yeah. It's interesting to think about like, so we could be on a list that HubSpot article writes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Carissa, to your point. Cause like, I feel like all of this is like, it's things that we see, but it's, it's, I don't know if we've ever taken the time to like define them as a tactic. You know what I mean? That's why I like, I find this topic so interesting. Mm-hmm. So if we're on a list with HubSpot and HubSpot is then an affiliate for us, 10 best marketing agencies in the world, number one, Impulse Creative. And when you click that link, it comes to our website. Are we in the affiliate in that relationship or are they the affiliate? If uh, there's no sale, like what if it's just you're like, like you're doing like a listicle as a, like a, you don't know, that's a nothing. That's just it, a block. It, it, yeah. It's just, it's a backlink. It's a backlink is what it okay. comes to, which is like super, super useful because if you think about it, like HubSpot is, uh, well, actually, okay. So for listeners that might not know this, like domain authority on like search results is something that really, really matters. It's like based on the subject matters that you talk about, like, and the keywords that are researched, like how much like domain authority does your website have for the topics that you're trying to rank for? HubSpot as a marketing automation platform literally has a domain authority in the 90s on a scale of 1 to 100. It's nuts. It's like out of the park, right? So what is it? They're doing a great job. They're doing a great job because they're they're one of the, I mean, they talk about everything in marketing and how it can be usually like how it connects to marketing automation and how it can help leverage, you know, like business growth, right? So if we're getting a link from HubSpot that contributes to web traffic for us. And like having a high like domain authority backlink attributes to growing your domain authority. So like getting backlinks, even if there's no exchange of services happening, like doing backlink exchanges is one of the smartest off-page SEO tactics you can possibly engage in. That's my TED but talk. You have to, but coming. you have to do it right, right, Carissa? You, you can't, um, you don't want to do like link farming and like big link buys and things like that are no. not the game for off-page SEO. And, you know, honestly, guys, like at a certain point, like Google recognizes if you're doing one of those like, you know, activities and they're like, mm, this isn't valuable. Like, bye. <laughs> you can't trick the algorithm. It's too smart for that, for sure. Right. And you can't trick people, right? So if you're That's thinking about backlink building, if you're thinking about influencer marketing, right? If I'm FabFitFun, right? Or Shoe Dazzle or any of these organizations, remember Shoe Dazzle? Um, and I'm like, oh, you know who'd be great to talk about FabFitFun? Jamie Oliver. No. Jamie Oliver is a chef from the UK. He's a, a man. Fun. Yeah. FabFitFun is not his brand. It's not, there are probably a thousand things that are a disconnect between Jamie Oliver and FabFitFun. Right. So his door. Right. And it wouldn't look good for them and it wouldn't look good for him. Right. And if as a person you can identify that, right. Then, you know, Google can also identify that. 
So yeah. if Jamie had a backlink to FabFitFun on his blog or his website with recipes, Google would be like, that doesn't look like it belongs here. Right. That doesn't right. make sense. And it, why is that here? Yeah. And, and it's very interesting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I was just like going to go off <laughs> the rant. In addition, like even if you're getting like leads from this backlink, they're not going to be the right leads, guys. Like right. you're wasting your time with that backlink. You are absolutely it's wasting very, your time. It's very interesting when you look at it from like an influencer and affiliate marketing perspective, it then becomes about matching the human who's delivering the message to the humans you want the message to get to. So matching that with the product or service. Yeah. That's why like whenever you're evaluating like an affiliate partner, you need to be digging into like how many visitors do you get a month? What is like the, um, basically like the genetic makeup of your visitor? Who are they? And yeah. are they somebody that I want? Right. Yeah. Cause it's not like, why, why, <laughs> why bother? <laughs> but it's different with products because products are, can like, they can, um, cover like a more widespread of audience. Whereas like if some, like if a software company is trying to target like impulse creative as a potential client of like, you know, purchasing said software, that's a much more niche audience that like they're trying to reach us through, through affiliate marketing. They can still do it. Right. Like if, um, if we like followed specific, um, like I know there's different like agency, um, like, there's agencies who help other agencies. Right. And I love to think of impulse creative as like one of those. And like, if we are a hub of knowledge for other marketing agencies, like more than likely because of like our utilization of HubSpot, like other agencies are probably going to want to use HubSpot. And that's right. how, like, that's how that works. Like in a way, like HubSpot relies on us as a partner to like be a good partner and like show how they, like we do incredible things with their platform. Right. So we are an affiliate ourselves. <laughs> We're an influencer. The whole thing like blows my mind because when we started talking about this topic specifically, it started out as like pyramid schemes. Like they're out there. We love them. We do them. We are them. You know, some of us, you know what I mean? But then it's like, are they bad? And, and I love that we've spiraled the conversation into this really useful tactical stuff for listeners to say like, you too can be an affiliate or an influencer if done in the appropriate way, delivering an appropriate message to the appropriate audience, which like, by the way, isn't that like content across the board, right? You should only be delivering content that is appropriate in nature for your organization to the people or the ICPs, as Julie likes to say, um, your, per, your the, the intended, you know, personas and profiles of buyers that you want. That's where all marketing should come to its conclusion now. I, yeah. And I feel like, I feel like Jen and I used to have this conversation a lot whenever I, whenever I was like first starting to work on like content strategy and I was working with her super closely, I was doing more like general keywords because I wasn't sure exactly like which keywords I needed to target to like grab the audience with the right like pieces that we were making. Jen, will you like talk a little bit about that? Like why basically like keyword spamming can be super bad. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm assuming, I don't want to make the assumption that whoever's listening right now kind of has a little bit of an impression of marketing just to understand, you know, what keywords are, why we go after them and things like that. Um, but keywords have different levels of competition um, and different search volumes. And that 
that comes together to say, am I even going to be able to rank for this keyword? Because there are too many other people going after this same keyword and too many other people searching for it that it's just like a crapshoot that is not going to happen. Um, so this kind of, I guess this kind of ties a little bit back into like content syndication, which I kind of, I kind of wanted to like discuss a little bit like the difference there and some things that from a keyword perspective are concerning for people. So the way I think of network marketing and affiliate marketing is that you're creating a piece of content that is new. You are asking someone or encouraging someone to promote a brand by making their own content. Content syndication is more of duplicating or slightly adjusting previously existing content. So think of content syndication from a perspective of like television shows. So Friends originally aired on NBC, I think, or whatever the network that it originally aired on. Throughout the years, different networks like ABC or whatever started replaying those same episodes and they were making money by syndicating this content on different television networks. From a content syndication perspective, you could be making not necessarily money, but an impact from an influence perspective by posting the same content or slightly adjusted content on a different domain. Back to Chris's point before about domain authority. So maybe you're trying to rank for one keyword and you just don't have the, the authority to really stand uh, fair running in the game, even if your content is fantastic. Well, let's say a bigger network finds this content, maybe not organically, maybe through you know, another connection or referral, something, and they say, this is great. Can I post this content on my website? Then you have to have a conversation with them about the pros and cons because this could be a huge opportunity for your company to get more traffic, to get more brand awareness, to expand your audience um, beyond the, your audience to the bigger person's audience too. Um, so I feel like we kind of, I went a little off track from a keyword perspective, but to just bring it back around, it's not always about ranking organically. These forms of network marketing are there so that you can leverage other connections um, to get that, whatever your goal is, the awareness, the traffic, the influence. Um, so while keywords are super important, this is even more, I would say sometimes, depending on your, your tactics, specifically what you're going after. And I actually wrote a really fun article um, all about content syndication that we will share on our Facebook page after this if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the right or wrong way to do it. A lot of people have concerns of like, well, will I get penalized from Google for posting duplicate content? So I've answered a couple of those questions and more uh, to make sure that you're doing it correctly. Yeah, thanks so much, Jen. I love I love talking about this stuff. It's just there's so there's so many different ways to reach the people that you need is the bottom line of like what we're getting at, right? Like there's so many different ways to get the right product to the right person at the right time. Weird. That feels so ironic that I just like kind of described uh, marketing automation a little bit. <laughs> smart content, guys. Smart content. And think about all the and I think that like all of these forms of networking or marketing um, really come back to just that point that you and Jenna both made though, right? And Julie, that like it's the right, the right type of content to the right type of person delivering the right message at the right time. Like it can be utilized. And it, it, is, it is every form of marketing that you should be doing. 
um, there, but there are lots of different ways to do it. And I'm really excited that we could share like a few kind of different ways that might or might not feel or have felt taboo to you before we started this conversation that affiliate marketing can be good and network marketing can be good. Uh, it's just, if you're doing it the right way. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.